one word to sum up all of the archery season. Epic. Frustrating. Successful. Beats roofing. Okay, go ahead. All right, we're back. Fifth week and final week is in the books. We got a new guest, uh, old buddy, new guest. Uh, we'll go around the room. We got Morgan. Morgan, tell yourself. Yes, I'm here every week. Okay, Morgan's here. I'm Walker White Knife. I'm the old bear attack Ben. And I'm Devin. Devin. Delmar. Delmar. Delmar, the bull rider, the <laughs> best friend forever. <laughs> Road bulls for the past 15 years, and I always hunted since I was young. And me and Josh been, heck, we've been good buddies for a long time, more like brothers, to say the least. Yeah. Fight like them, too. We've done a lot of killing together, and I always enjoyed, I always wanted to come out this way. And So Devin come out with us when we moved out couple years ago he worked with Reggie and Karen the previous owners for the first year we yeah. packed and I uh, guided a little bit of rifle hunting we run through these woods everywhere like an idiot we didn't really have anything to do besides horse ride for that whole entire yeah. summer and scout and I showed him the country fifth week was good I think it was our best bugling week what do you think Walker yeah I'd say definitely Finally, my spots come to life at the end of season. Thank God, it's about time. So my week, I had an awesome week. The first day, we hiked in, and my client, I'd been messaging him on and off all summer long. Good guy. We were prepped, ready to do it, in shape. Couldn't ask for more out of a client. We start in, and bulls are bugling right off the bat. And as we work around this part of the canyon over to where the bulls are at, we do a little soft calling setup just in case there isn't anything in the head of that canyon and bam, a bull bugles a couple hundred yards out. I set him up, I drop back, start calling again. Bull's answering me back and forth. He's hot, he's coming, covering ground. I know the country and there's a rock slide in front of him and the bull starts to tip to go underneath that rock slide and I knew in my mind that, that was our opportunity that we had just blown. I grabbed my client and I was like, we need to drop down the hill quick. I was like, the bull's gonna go around the rock slide on the bottom side of it and if we're not down there he's probably going to skirt directly under us and if we're not where he wants to be he's not going to come in real good yep. the way it'll just they come in like on a string when you're where they want to be or a nice spot where they feel comfortable to come into it's literally like pulling him in on a fishing line yep but i stopped the client and i was like the bull could skirt above us the way the land is right there he could easily hit one of those big game trails and come out above us and if he does the whole day is going to be blown like right there in the first calling part where he got us caught with our pants down i stopped it from going down over the bank and if we had dropped down 100 yards we'd have got a shot right there we didn't kind of the bull quit bugling worked underneath of us went back to his cows and then got hot again we couldn't we couldn't work on him he was just in a spot where we were going to blow him with thermal so it was too late in the evening by the time he started piping back off so we pulled out of there and i had banked on the elk kind of moving up out of there during the night and uh you like to think you put them to bed and but they're never where you put them to bed ever so we got the high ground again that way i could find them quick in the morning they'd be early and i could drop in wherever we needed to Right off the get-go, bull screaming. We drop down over multiple bulls bugling now. We drop down in, and thermals are perfect, perfect, perfect. We start dropping in 400 yards from them, I'm guessing, and 
all of a sudden I get this wind hits me in the back of the neck and I hurry up and it's like that nervous feeling like you want to do something but you don't know what to do the wind's like oh my goodness so I like take off running like you're gonna like die instantly if you don't get into the sun hoping (laughs) that the thermals pull back up the mountain so we run up into the sunshine and luck enough is not at the right distance to call those bulls in I bugled and we had a long distance relationship for the rest of the evening bugling battles it was it was freaking awesome as a call and like I got to call all kinds of crazy stuff and that bulls you could clap two cymbals together down there and bulls would have bugled at you so the next morning we're pumped up we're gonna do we're dropping right in we got a plan elk been there we're gonna drop right into where we need to be in the morning well we drop in there and the wind is goofier than all get out right off the bat bulls are screaming and we kind of get as close as we can we work it we can move around if we have to but we we can't get over where we absolutely need to. There's just a long hike over there, and we've already thrown all our marbles in one, one basket. So we just bugle back and forth, and this fight is brewing between these two herd bulls. So what I figured is a group of elk had pushed over into there, and the elk that usually are in that canyon, he dropped into the bottom, and he got pushed off of where they usually like to stay. And they were not happy with each other, and we instigated a fight all daggum day, called uh, two satellite bulls, they were immature sounding, called them into 80 yards. We couldn't move down over the bank, like I said, that little bench stuff, right before it drops into steep, the wind would change so much right there, we were nervous. We kinda had like the whole canyon to ourselves, so we knew the elk weren't gonna get pressured by anybody but us, so we were just kinda soft touching them, but we are getting more aggressive each day. We're listening to this bull bugle every breath, we're popping limbs hiking out of there and it's tight canyon he's bugling and bugling and bugling and the other one's bugling and they're grunting at each other and I mean it was crazy it was it was one of those days that you didn't have to kill an elk there were so many elk screaming that it was satisfying and yeah I told my client I was like some guys like hunt years to even get into hearing something like that I was like consider yourself lucky on a six-day hunt yeah that we got to experience that so the next day, we're, we're going to go way around and make a big, huge play. And it's going to suck for hiking. It's going to be an absolute long day. But we should be sitting pretty if the elk are where they were the last three days. We drop into that place, and it is quiet. There's no bugling. I'm like, I let a couple bugles as we went around at a couple spots where they like to hang out the elk do. Nothing. Ghost town, baby. When I bugled, crickets were in the background. We all started <laughs> giggling and laughing about it. Nearest I can figure is that we instigated one heck of a fight all day long. And then yeah. two bulls got into some fight from the day before. It was like the rapture happened and God only got the elk. So after that, my client, he had had enough. He goes, what about shooting grouse? <laughs> I was like, I know a couple good spots. So we actually, the last day, we threw in the towel and Devin had got in he got him a little bit of rest picked up Devin drove around and went and hiked a couple green roads and shot some grouse yeah we actually just had a nice relaxing day we let the mountain beat us and we cried uncle and yeah Walker's like oh shot another one (laughs) let Walker tell his son of a gun's been hot uh so I'm just gonna go through the days of the week do it all right so Monday send it uh so this one spot that I was at the first week of archery finally gets opened back up because of the fire restriction. We roll in there. All right, so we roll in into this spot, and uh, there's just a bunch of finger ridges that branch off of this one main ridge. 
And you know, we're going through there checking them off. We're dropping down in there, seeing if there's elk in there calling, you know. Doing soft calling setups. Yes. Yeah, then we were hiking up to the next one uh, and here bugle down below us. All right, sweet. It's in this little, it's like a half moon looking bowl type. Yeah. yeah. Perfect Anyways, for wind. Yes. <laughs> the elk. Yeah. We're working down <clears throat> towards them. Thermals are pulling up back and forth, back and forth, bugling. And we probably get a hundred yards and the bull just starts going away from us slowly, gaining yardage all the way out to where we couldn't hear him no more. We found where this bull's home was. So Monday was like a big scouting day. And Running we, this guy, chasing him. Yes. And he, uh, the guy took a giant dump in this bull's bed. <laughs> Please but tell me he uh, did dig a little hole for He did. He paper. said, I dug a cat hole. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> and, but right off the bat, the, it was, you know, these two are rivals now. Yeah. This, oh, yeah. They're after each other. Yeah. So he's pooping in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> competition is on yes, exactly it is mono mono yes. you had a one-on-one and yep. this bull it was going down with this certain bull so <laughs> that's this right. is what's that's what we did come back in the next morning relocate them but they were actually about two little drainages closer to the truck end up dropping down in this drainage with them and this bull is what kind of cover was he in dead falls a little bit of alders yep. just super thick super thick stuff yep. yeah <clears throat> so drop down on this bottom and we circle out around this drainage and by the time we're on the side that he was on he just shuts up for no reason i was like i don't think he's seen us i don't think he smelled us what it, was it, your distance at that point you think i think we we're 150 yards from him probably listening to you yeah because i didn't know if he spooked or not yeah so close the distance a little bit more probably go 75 more yards and yep. this time it's lunchtime we're both whoops. I was like, let's just sit down. We'll eat and we'll just listen. Then we start hearing this. But it's getting closer to us. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it was, to be honest. I don't know if maybe it was a. Yeti. It was a Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't know. So we sit down and I take one bite of my sandwich. It was a half hour goes by and he bugled. And I was like, let's go. Threw my sandwich back in my pack and we rolled out to him. <clears throat> We got 30, 35 yards, but there was a tree in between my client and the bull to where he couldn't see him. The bull come right over and peered down at us, yeah. but he couldn't see it. And he was like going crazy. He was like, am I going nuts? I, I don't see it. Like that tree must be in the way. And then he stepped to the side. And by that time, the bull turned around and started walking out. Then we circled on him again and got to 50 yards broadside but just couldn't make the shot happen. And uh, then Wednesday. Back on this bull. Yes. Trying to be. Yes. We didn't know exactly where he was going to be. So do you like just strategically like hit in on a spot where he was at last that you got into him, or did you go to a high knob to listen? I went to a high knob to listen because I knew he was going to be hot. Yeah. And he bugles across on the other ridge. So we, we dropped down and started hiking up that ridge. It took a little while. But it was Hours? nasty. Yeah, it was nasty. <laughs> so it was bad, <laughs> horrible, miserable. But finally get up in the drainage he is. There's three bulls. So this bull that we called in, well, got on Tuesday. Yeah. It was a six by seven, and it mooed at the front of his bugle. So you could tell. Like, it, like oh, a moo cow. The moo bull. Yeah, so he had moo. Yeah. <laughs> we find him, but there's another bull. 
in this drainage that must have kicked him. I don't know. Because the Moobull wasn't real talkative. And he was on, like, in below this other bull. But the bull, bull above him was screaming, roaring, making yeah. a commotion. So I was like, that one sounds bigger, but, you know, you can't, whatever. Yeah. We roll around, and my client is dying. <laughs> he is dying. He's like, I don't know how much more I got left. And I'm like, we just got to go. Gotta go. It's, yeah. it's now or never. Death so, for honor. Yeah, that's right. So we're getting this just straight laurels. And there's a couple little pine trees here and there. And the bull would scream. I would scream. But then the bull started running from me because I didn't realize I was getting a little bit too mean. I must have been sounding like a giant or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, Walker, you're getting wound up. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? exactly. And I picked up on that after he ran. He went like 100 yeah. yards, pushed his cow from us. Adapt on the run. Yep. Chameleon. So I was like, all right, I just started cow calling straight up. Switched all my calls, sound like a whole new cow. And we get in about 50 yards, then 30 yards. And you can, at this point, you can hear him <laughs> in there panting. Yeah. And then he runs his cow right past us. We can just see feet and the horns going through the laurel down below us. And then he circles back up uh, about 50 yards from us. And then we, there's a little tiny open patch. We followed this trail tail, and he's right outside of that. And I pulled back, put my client on this little pine tree, and I just let this little tiny squealy bugle and he come barreling through, uh, and my client shot him at nine yards broadside. I was pumped up. You know, you just shot a bull. Yeah. Awesome. We just yeah. worked our butt off for this bull. Mission accomplished. Yeah. First, first stage. Yeah. Big bull, little bull, what do you, herd bull. Heavy six by six. Think he was the Good herd one. bull? Yes, I believe. So you swap into that calling where you were acting real dominant and you swapped to just a cow. What, what the heck do you think was going through his mind made him run in there? A receptive cow going to him and left yeah. the bull behind? Is that? Yep. That's what I would have thought that he yep. was thinking. And then whenever you let that little squealy bugle, it was like a satellite coming yeah. to steal her yep. in between all of it. And you told me this went on for like 20 minutes, you guys were yeah. doing all this. Yep. This client tells me that Walker like gets in the bull's piss and wallers oh, it yeah. all over himself, <laughs> which we always talk about that getting ready for battle, yep. man. It's like... Yeah, I was. We prepped for war. <laughs> we were probably 80, 100 yards from him, and you could see where he just peed 15 gallons of urine. So I just scooped it up and rubbed it all over me. Devin's giggling. He's I, seen me do that <laughs> kind of too. Yeah. Smell good but, all day. Yep. Hear the bull run down through the woods. I let off another bugle, try to get him to stop just in case he can get another shot or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm just listening. Listening, listening, and then I start hearing some crashing and thrashing. Maybe that's him. I'm pretty sure he's down. Yeah. So I walk up to my client, good, bad, you know, how was the shot? And he's like, I'm pretty sure I smoked him. I watched my lumen off. He said, if anything, I'm just a touch back and maybe a touch high. And the cows are still running all around us. You're everywhere. in the middle of it. Yeah. So no we sit gorgy. down. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So we give it two hours. Uh, you know, replay the scenario. Where was he standing? No blood, no arrow. We get out to about the 70-yard mark, 60-yard mark to find a spot of blood about the size of a quarter. And then it just starts spraying yeah. everywhere. Like, all right, sweet. My pack's all the way on the other ridge. Uh-oh. 
dropped your well, bag. Well, not that far. On the other side of this drainage, I dropped my pack. Golden rule. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't care. Okay. Whatever. So we found really good blood, and I was like, I'm pretty sure he died in these deadfalls because all the crashing sound like them deadfall stobs. Yeah. But blood keeps going. I mean, he's bleeding like a stuck hog. Track him to about 400-yard mark. He's going out. He gained elevation. When they crossed the 400-yard mark. Trouble. Trouble. Big yep. time. Big yeah. time. He runs straight downhill first, obviously, and then he, he kind of started side-hilling slight downhill and then he once he got through the deadfalls he cut straight up over on top of this point and that's where we end up losing blood there's yeah. still bulls bugling over because we pushed them bulls to the next little drainage you know when in doubt back out that's what they say yeah come back <laughs> the next day it works out because there's a road all the way to the top of this other ridge yeah. so we can just drop right down in on this we don't have to walk up in there again yeah all right yep. so now you guys come back to the lodge and yep. it's still no arrow yeah no arrow. have our track lines Dude shooting a heavy setup, wasn't he? Yeah, he was shooting 74 pounds, uh, 510 grain arrow, I believe. Montec G5. Yeah, legit setup. Yeah. yeah sh- no setup for shooting elk. Yes. I mean, we went over it like at night. We like sat down at the table well after dinner and looked at pictures, track lines, discussed where we thought the bull might go, blood color, and I thought it a big muscle. That was my opinion, was a big muscle. Yeah going into it neck or ham we get i don't know we track this bull for i think six or seven hours and we get to the one and a half mile mark how far this bull has ran just bleeding steady blood and then he beds down finally on this little bench real thick and no bump in this bull no that's the first thing someone's going to think of when you say that you track this animal a mile and a half and he's not dead pumping blood yeah no bumping him. Nope. We did not bump this bull at all. Okay. Uh, show up to his bed where he was. I think he just laid down for the night, I would say. Yeah. And uh, just blood everywhere. Huge puddles of blood. Just crazy. Uh, it In my head, it seemed like he was struggling, and he it was like his do or die. If he died there, it was over, but if he, if he did not die he was fine yeah I, that's what it seemed like to me because yeah. it seemed like he was going in like them you know whenever he, the old western it. movie if he makes her through the night <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but it seemed like he was doing that death wobble circle thing yeah just huge puddles of blood and then it looked like he'd fall down get back up and stand there and more blood but tracked it out out of there and got to a deadfall and he couldn't jump over it you could see where he had blood smeared on it and then he where he fell down and Went down the deadfall a little bit, tried to jump it again, didn't make it. And then he went downhill 100 yards, and then the blood just started going down about the size of your pinky nail and getting spaced out about 50, 80 yards. And then we could track him by his spit. Is He's what it, coughing blood up. Yeah. So there, that was my muscle group was that pretty much shoots that theory because now it's got to be somewhere in – into his lungs. I mean, he's yeah. got to be coughing up. Yeah. I mean, it has to be good. Now we're all scratching our heads now big time because he isn't at the spot where he should be dead. Yeah. It was like by the time we got to this point, we knew what he was going to do at every spot. So it got easier to track him. It's like, oh, he's going to do this. By the way, yeah. he's done it the last mile. Yeah. So we lose blood again. Your eyes are getting tired. Yeah. And you're just whooped. 
So we left, come back in the next morning. The third day of tracking, yes. you brought in <laughs> Aiden it. and yeah. Ben. So anybody that thinks we haven't did due diligence looking for bulls, that they've yeah. taken three days of daylight till dark searching this bull out in yep. canyon. So we start working down this trail where we thought he was headed that direction. We decided we're going to grid search it. So we're all 50, 60 yards apart in a line walking. We all hit this wall of death smell. Something's dead right here. So we dropped down to Aiden because we thought it was down by him. Because he said it was super strong. We figured he's either down on the bottom or in the gut. So we dropped down there, nothing. Couldn't smell it anymore. Ben and Aiden go up the gut. And we just stayed about 10 yards apart from each other. Because it's yeah. super thick. You can only see 5, yeah. 10 yards in these alders. You know, if we get too far off to the left, you can't smell it anymore. Get too far off to the right, can't yeah. smell it anymore. So we keep working, keep working, keep working. Finally, we smell it. It's like, dude, this thing's 10, 20 yards from us. And you, there's this little tiny lip where you could see where, exactly where something would lay. We yeah. pop up over it, dead elk. Got him. Yeah. Bear has it cached. We are pumped up. We're high-fiving. We're like, heck yeah. And so we made this pact, you know, shoot twice if you find them. So yeah. they know to come. So yeah. I'm boom boom shoot twice we're down in the bottom we hear his pistol pop off and me and aiden just look at each other we're like yeah we found him you know we can yeah we, we come running up out of this gut just ready to put hands on horns yep so we're looking around can't find the horns just i mean it was cached it was all mangled up buried buried <laughs> start unsheathing this thing from bear yeah. grass and huckleberry brush and yep see a jawbone it's not as big as what it should be nope flip it over here it's a calf elk <laughs> That was a huge heartbreaker there. So we named that place Heartbreak Hollow. That sucks. Yep. We just we just said whatever. We figured the bull was alive. We're over it. Went to the truck. I believe it was one lunged. I've read a thousand things on yeah. Facebook groups and articles that bulls get one lunged and then they live. So Tough. a lot of emotion in this job. Big time. I have seen it go yeah. my heart out and kick it across the yard. Yeah. And then, exactly. In the evenings. I could tell you when I get out of the truck, I'm pumped up, ready to go hunting, yes. and I go about <laughs> 300 yards, and that clammy, cold, windy-like feeling comes over me. My backpack feels like it weighs 52 pounds. Your legs start filling up with sand, but then you hear a bugle. Game on, bub. <laughs> I wish you could have a mood ring while you're guiding. It would change I colors do. all the time. You guys know I, I wear mine on my sleeve. I mean, you got stress. Sadness, sorrow, fatigue, fatigue, happiness, anger, anger, depression, joy, yeah. excitement. <laughs> and you got to wake up and put a happy face on. Yep. It don't matter what you feel like being a guide. You're not just guiding an elk hunt. You got to. You got to keep them pepped up. Yeah. So you're a cheerleader. Yes. Elk guide slash psychologist, philosopher. How do I you keep. Great marriage counseling. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I've never been married before, so it's kind of like... I don't want someone giving me marriage counts that's only been married once. <laughs> I have no idea. They ask, what's this? What's that? So you need to be a biologist. You could even go into being a, a butcher because you quarter the animal up in the field. A taxidermist, because if they want their animal taxidermized, you got to skin it right. How do you keep... A client that's just totally down how do you keep him pepped up you got to read the client you got to you know kind of learning his personality what's gonna make him keep him fired up you know it, whether it's playing Katy Perry in the truck 
on the way in the morning singing Billy by 6 9. I prefer the drill sergeant over full metal jacket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're also a DJ then? One of the guys that taught me about elk hunting, he would do the Motley Crew. I play it every <laughs> once in a while. Got you. He'd bugle in the front, shake his long hair back and forth. No, it's hard keeping morale up. We get tight in six days. Yeah. Yeah. No I felt like Brandon and I, by the end of the week, I was like best buddies best friends, with that yeah. guy. Yeah. Get and then it's kind of sad because they leave and you're like, I know. Oh. You don't even want to say goodbye to it. It's like awkward. I don't, yeah. don't like that. So, Devin, you guided it last year. Two years ago. Two years ago. I keep saying last year. It's been long. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, tell me your yeah. mule deer story. Mule deer. <laughs> it was the first week that you ever guided. I yeah. remember this because I was supposed to be out here that year, but I didn't. Really? And there was a lot of snow. No, we hiked up there that morning, and we hiked for a few hours, and it took us for forever because he was struggling and every time florida boy yeah oh yeah every never time saw I snow never saw snow first time seeing snow and never he never walked up a hill or a mountain or nothing flat ground i mean we might be a hundred yards from the truck and he's back there he's like i can't do it it took us a while to get to where we was going he was he was struggling and we get to our spot and i'm like well, we'll sit here and we'll glass this up for a while there's probably a good foot, foot and a half of snow on the ground. And so we're sitting there, we're glass, and we glass up some, glass up some mule deer. We were looking, and there was some doe, and there was a buck. The mule deer's about 600 yards at this time. Yeah, do you have a long gun? No. Negative. Okay. Negative. He had a 300 Ultra Mag. We're glassing, and Josh gave me a spotting scope. So our goal plan was we just want to go to the top of the mountain that day. Well, we just stayed where we was, and we seen that buck, and he, it was like, 600 yards we moved in on him and he's still just messing around with them them doe and he was going away from us going up the mountain and he didn't know he didn't want to shoot just kept is the buck not big enough yeah he was big enough he just didn't know he wasn't sure it started to get late he didn't have hunting clothes that you should like the hunting clothing he had was like frozen solid like briar carhartt pants yeah and like air froze solid. It was getting late. It was getting, we had about maybe two hours before it was getting dark. And sure enough, that buck popped right back out where he was. We go back up. We run up there. We leave our packs down there. We run up. Your packs? We left our packs. Jeez, a lot of this going yeah, on. <laughs> we left our packs at the rock. We run up there. The, the boy can't see him. I'm like, he's right there. He's facing us, walking right at us. He goes a turn. He's like, I'm on him. He had all, he's all set up, ready. And he shoots and this buck just starts walking backwards and i'm like shoot him again circus animal and i said shoot him again he puts another one in him that time he, he falls and he just started rolling down the mountain i'm like shoot him again and he's like my goodness yeah i'm like because i didn't know where he hit because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like dude put another one in him i've hunted with Devin for a long time and oh. he's always like this well, shoot him again <laughs> shoot him i heard of you too <laughs> shoot that mother <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah and he looked at me, after that, he looked at me, he's like, I don't got no more bullets. I'm like, what do you mean you ain't got no more bullets? <laughs> so I hope he's dead. It was actually nice, because where, where we shot that buck, me and Josh killed a bear in archery season with a client. So it was, I mean, you knew the, I knew the scenario. I knew, you know, I knew yeah. exactly how to get in there and do it. And There's a couple game trails that go around there that if you don't hit them, life is miserable packing miserable. out of there. I text Josh, you got 
muley down so this time like i knew i had to get over there to the animal before it got dark get it we get going we get packed up and it took us a little bit to get over there plus there's and half the snow on the ground get over we find the buck it's getting dark and it was cold and i just knew i just had to get it done so i cored him all up put him in bags and <laughs> putting Devin's not a big man no and we get i put he had some on his i think he had the tenderloin some neck me he might have i don't even know if he had a front shoulder i put everything on mine the head and we started hiking and he's like, he's wanting to walk straight down. Where we Bad was, idea. Where we was at, he's like, can't we just walk straight down this this valley? I'm like, and to the bottom, I'm like, dude, I said, there's no way we can do that. I said, we got to get the same way we come, hit the trail. The known suck. Yep. He was worried to death about getting back. Like, he was like, well, what if we don't get back? We're like, at this point, he was worried. I'm like, I was like, dude, the trail's right there. Like, I knew, like, we weren't far. I'm like, I said, them guys, I said, they know we're up here. So we're good. And just trying to keep him calm. And then he was cold. His fingers, were, his gloves were frozen, wet. Took my gloves off my hands. Give them to him. And he kept falling. He kept losing meat out of his pack. So I said, he goes, I can't do it, dude. He goes, I cannot physically. I cannot do it. I said, dude, you got to. There ain't no cho- you ain't got no choice. We <laughs> the gotta, truck's not coming to yeah. us. Like, we got to get off this mountain, period. I said, you can't. And I just kept, I'm like, I kept telling him, it's going to be all right. You know, I just, I just stayed calm. I'm like, dude, it's going to be good. We're fine. Just come on. Trail's right up here. And so I put, I had that whole deer on my back. Broken back. We sat for a minute, regroup. I'm just like, heck with it. It's easy now. I got the hard part done. Josh and Morgan was at the bottom waiting for us. It was epic. It was fun. He didn't, he slept in the next day. About killed him off. After midnight pack outs, those will bond you together. I mean, you and that guy that you guys... You're like linked together now. His first mule deer out west. Yeah. It's, I'm sure yeah. he tells that story. What friend do you think you'll have forever now? Uh, out of all the clients, even last year, all the clients. Hmm. Definitely second week this year. The Pittsburgh boys. Talk to him all the time. Yep, every day. Brothers in arms. I'm actually supposed to go to, uh, they're having a, a Steeler football game watching party when I get back. We killed an elk with him. Yeah. I'm bringing him back as European mount. We're going to eat his elk, have a little party, yeah. watch some football. Well, I have a lot of them. Some of the guys that I've been lifelong friends with because of guiding and hunting with them are a group that's coming from Virginia. My old buddy Lee will be out this year. Uh, usually comes archery hunting. We stuck one of the biggest bulls I've ever called in. Him and I did. It was his bull of a lifetime. I got a video of this bull. Yeah, Lee. So we've got video of this bull for you. Give him a war wound. (laughs) Lee and I, we we meet at orientation. And we're back and forth. I live so close to West Virginia. I have so much family in West Virginia. I kind of claim residency, West Virginia, Maryland, PA, all of them. Because we just were in and out all those states. So he takes it that I am from West Virginia. We are best friends that night at orientation. So in the morning, he gets out and asks me what truck's mine. He sees your license plate is from Pennsylvania. And he asked me real weird, and I told him this one, and he puts all his gear in the truck, and we start going on, doesn't say a word to me. Something wrong? He goes, I just don't know how I feel about hunting with a Yankee. And that was how <laughs> Lee and I started our hunting experiences together. Lee and I have hunted together for years. We've we've did a, quite a bit of hunting together. I feel he's like my uncle. We kind of so we're on the mountain. 
Lee has never shot a bear. We glass up, Devin and I, Devin was there on this story, we glass up this bear. Lee can't find to see this bear. <laughs> Finally, we get him to see the bear, and the bear moves, and I know if the bear continues to move, he's gonna disappear between a ridge that's between us. So I just tell Lee, get your old wrinkled ass over to the next hill, and I'm taking a backpack and the gun. You just get over there. So I take off running over, I set the gun all up, perfectly stack rocks up flat all Lee's got to do is get on this gun now we bicker and fight like two old women all week I mean we're at each other first thing he does is touch the bipod on my or the yeah the bipod on the end of my gun so I slap his wrist I was like don't touch nothing just get on the gun and kill the bear and I'm like yelling at him cussing him he was wanting to adjust stuff down I'm like my goodness it's right there Ray Charles could see that bear I finally gets on the bear Shoots the bear. I tell him, shoot, mother, shoot. <laughs> Gets on the bear again, tips him over, folds him up like a cheap suit. We're greatest experience ever. We loaded on horses, hike it down out of there. Lee killed his first bear. It was the prettiest bear I've ever guided. It had tan trimmings, strawberry roan colored bear. It was cool looking, beautiful. Yeah. Came in that night, asked me if I truly loved him and would <laughs> miss him because he wanted to kill him. And if he didn't kill that bear, that he probably would have shot Josh instead. <laughs> but the poor guy comes out every year and loves to hunt with Josh, and we love to see all of them. Jim Webley guided Justin, and they shoot a bear with a rifle. They break this bear's back at long range. Justin's and, another person in this yeah, group. Yeah, it's a son-in-law. So we get called in. The cavalry gets called in. So we're all guiding the same group of guys. So if someone shoots something... Everybody comes and tries to share in on that experience. So we're all pile up, we drive up the mountain and the spotting scope set up, everybody's hanging out, looking down in there. And we got Webley and Justin, they're down in the crap. They're, they've crawled through rock ledges, yeah. it's nasty. I bail out with a backpack, take off down over there, they're not gonna have all the fun. I get down through the rock ledges, we get down in there, and this bear is in regen pine that is so thick, you can't, you can't see. And we didn't really need any help when we were down in there. And Devin, Devin's chomping at the bit. He can't take it. He's up there. He's like, is everything okay? Is everything all right on the radio? We're like, yeah, man, we're good. He's like, do you need help? And we're like, I think we got everything covered. And finally, Jim Webley gets on the radio, and he's like, yep, come on down. <laughs> this is after we have everything worked up on the ground. Oh, we're yeah. sitting around hanging out at this point in time. Everybody's standing in the rain, worried to death about us. Here comes Devin down off the mountain. Like it was, it, it sucked to come off of. You had to climb through rock ledges rock like for real, for real climbing. I get down there, and y'all already have it all packed up. You guys are ready to put it on your backs. I said, like, oh, we just wanted you to come down here. I'm like, <laughs> y'all made me walk down here for that. So they had, well, Justin had his pack, and I was going to pack that for him. I said, heck, I'll pack that. He's like, oh, no. He wanted to pack it. He killed it. And it was dark by that time, by the time we got out and. Yeah, it's so real cool. So I've taken the grandfather, the son-in-law, and now I'm taking the grandson hunting. I hope he tags out. Remember, uh, me and Carl is... Uncle <laughs> Carl. We have not told any stories about Uncle Carl on Oh, this here. is a good one. So and let's we, go back. Carl is the trainer. He would take the new guides out and give them a bunch of scenarios come back give us honest feedback of what all they're doing wrong what they're doing right so we don't tell any of the guides this at first we just 
put them with Carl and that's their client for the week. Listen, Carl's hardcore. Any story that ever gets told about Carl, keep in mind this is the dude that slept in the tree all night to kill a bear. <laughs> Just keep that in your mind. That dude's, he did. Dude's B.A. I took him there myself. <laughs> yeah, this bear come 18 yards eating on a carcass that was there, cow carcass. They were fighting thermals. You can't get into there because you'd have to hell hike around then it would be totally pointless you just it, you couldn't do it and they could not get above them the way the bears were kept coming in and out and staging up before they got to the carcass they were winding them every time so carl put him a tree stand up yep. crawled up in it crazy sucker so he just figured he's gonna stay there took him back there got him settled in and i left <laughs> <laughs> left him there Yep, drove 13 miles off the mountain, come back to the lodge. Good luck, Carl. Yep. <laughs> See you in the morning. Laser beams. There. It worked out for him. That's Carl. So Walker also has a story about Carl because that was how we were going to determine if Walker was going to be able to guide <laughs> last year or if he was going to do one more season of training with us. I don't even remember the day. I just remember uh, we hunted all day, and he told me, the truck is is that way that's because that old gps you got. Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. i thought i was like dude n like we argued for probably five or ten minutes and i pulled up my onyx i was like the truck is right there and he was like blah 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 and i was like carl just trust me <laughs> he's like whatever i was like i you know follow me whatever and we're go we're, as we're walking to the truck he's cussing me <laughs> just feeding into it i'm like I'm like getting frustrated. I'm like, the truck is here. I know it's here. And he's just going off on me. And then we come up over the hill. Lo and behold, there's the truck. And he's like, oh, wow, you were right. Huh. Yeah, yeah he, we downloaded Onyx on his phone right after that. <laughs> Meanwhile, the whole time Carl knew that Walker was right. Yeah. He just had to be he, a pain in the butt client to see if Walker could handle yeah. stuff under stress or if he was going to turn around and start yelling at Carl, which would not have been the appropriate yeah. thing to do. He played it pretty, really good, actually. <laughs> like, I was like... He's done that to me. Oh, Carl. When you call a bull into that guy, game's over for the bull at that point in time. Kill the me. guy will turn into a complete killer. So, Ben, you have now shadowed everyone. How was it? Yep, everybody generally hunts the same. I mean, everybody has their own personal touch they put on it, but it's the team is hunting with the same methods as all the other members. and It seems to be working. Yeah. Yep. It, it, it's a little unorthodox sometimes what we do, which we don't talk about everything we do on here, but it's working. Yep. It is definitely working. So I put all the stats together for that honest opportunity percentage, and we were at an honest opportunity rating oh, of 79%. 79%. Overall, from week one to week five, we had four kills, four wounded, and 19 bulls called in to 35 yards or less. I'll upload these stats to Facebook and stuff. That way everyone can see them. But and this is, none of this is made up. This is from the client's stories is how I took these into consideration. And I don't count anything no over guide. 35 yards. So now that archery's all wrapped up for this year, let's just go over some of the stuff that um, clients need to think about and start practicing now. That way they're prepared. I was just going to say, do not rush shots. It's hard. Yeah. Target panic's a real thing, even on an animal. Yep. Guys 
pull extreme poundages. If you cannot draw that bow back completely smooth and release it down completely smooth, keep backing the poundage down until you can do that with minimum movement because you have to draw your bow in awkward positions. Just And then sometimes it might be where you have to let it down super, super slow so you don't get it blown right away. And if you're pulling gorilla limbs and the bow sucks you back through it as you're letting it down and trying to draw it back up, doing the old above your arm shake, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not good. So anyone that is booked for next year, you know, if you're, not, if you're questioning your setup, then just reach out to us. Uh, yeah. Let us know what you're set up with and we'll help you work through that. We're not trying to act like we know it all or offend anybody with setups that they're accustomed to, but we, we just want to see the bulls that get hit die. It only improves your chances. We want everyone all around to be successful. A bull with two holes in it is better than one yeah. pass through. Anything will work in a perfect scenario, but you don't plan. You plan for the absolute worst. That way when it goes right, it's sealed deal game yep. over yeah. i'm pulling 58 pounds <laughs> i shot right through <laughs> <laughs> yeah the raven maker finally sent an arrow through a bull for himself don't Whoa. worry everyone knows because of the post i was on given Instagram. subtle hints uh, no you weren't <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we're gonna tell that story next time we'll wait till everybody gets back yeah it's guide week that's why we don't have a lot of people uh, on the podcast uh the guides just dispersed. We give them a week off. We could be booking hunters for the sixth week, but everyone needs a break, regain all their emotions and their confidence, getting some sleep and going out and killing for themselves. So next week will be an update on how the guide week is going. Walker's going to kill a bear. <laughs> Josh already killed his elk, so he'll be telling his story. Devin has an elk tag he's going to try and fill and... Jay's headed to Maine for bear hunting. Correct. Right now, he's uh, hunting mule deer and elk. Curry is yeah, over in eastern Montana. The uncouth uh, beast has traveled east. <laughs> All right, hunting antelope, muleys, elk if he sees one. Yeah, so we'll update everybody on some good stories next week. All right, that's us. We'll be back next week with Guides Going Wild. Over and out. Save us on the